listening to SBS On The Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. Hi everyone, it's your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Wednesday, the 30th of November 2022. Later, the market continues to look for to China for some guidance, but also inflation because we've got an update today from the Bureau of Statistics, and that's the CPI indicator for the month of October, which showed an easing in consumer prices to 6.9% annually. So has inflation peaked? For more, I spoke earlier with Stephen Halmarik from the Commonwealth Bank. Well, as you say, the, the, the monthly CBI indicator for, for October was at 6.9% annual inflation, so that's down from 7.3% in the September quarter. Uh, but we and I think the consensus and certainly the Reserve Bank uh, don't think that this is the – we've seen the peak yet. When we get the December quarter CPI, which will come out at the end of January – we are expecting a higher annual rate of inflation. Our forecast is, forecast is around 7 and 3.25%. Okay, we'll go into detail into why you think that is in a few moments. Based on the, the data that we received today, where did we see inflationary pressures start to ease and where are they still a problem? So the interesting thing today was we saw a decline in the cost of uh, uh, holidays, so international travel in particular, and that seems to be, I think, the, the end of, if you like, the European and um, you know, summer holiday period, a little bit softer uh, in October. Also, we saw a decline in food prices. So that was off some you know, quite um, strong increases in previous months. Uh, there was a, a decline in the cost of dwelling construction. So we think that's a, a result of you know, global supply chains beginning to free up in some of those construction materials, uh, the big increases in those construction materials beginning to slow. And there was actually also a decline in petrol prices on the month, uh, given the lower price of oil globally. Um, now, I, th- yeah. I think this is um, only the second or third time that the monthly indicator has been released. It's a, it's a more of a timely measure, so the Reserve Bank can take a closer look at, at where inflation's going. But this doesn't really give us the full picture of inflation, does it? Because, um, it, as the title says, it's just an indicator, right? Yeah, exactly right. So the, the, the Australian Bureau of Statistics has been at pains to point out that it's a monthly indicator. It's not the CPI. It's not the Consumer Price Index. It's an indicator. And uh, the monthly number only measures about three quarters of all the basket of goods and services that are in the, uh, the CPI each quarter. Uh, so it's not everything. Uh, some prices are only updated quarterly rather than monthly. So, and as you said, it's early days yet. We've only had a few months of this, but um, certainly uh, economists in the market are beginning to look at it as a, as a guide to where inflation might be going. So there are some things that aren't included. From my understanding, that includes electricity and power costs, for example. They're, they're not in the monthly indicator. So given that, is there a real chance that this is underestimating the quarterly CPI read? And what does it mean for interest rates then? Uh, yes, that's right. So those those big power bill numbers are only collected quarterly. And, um, and we think that they'll be one of the reasons why when we get the December quarter CPI end of January, you will see a higher inflation print. So higher electricity prices, higher gas prices. Uh, by then, we're probably likely to see higher food prices again as well, given them the most recent you know floods uh, in western New South Wales and down on the Murray River. Uh, so that number at the end of January, I think, will be around seven and three quarter percent. 
Um, so we, we're, we are expecting another interest rate rise from the Reserve Bank at the December board meeting, uh, which is next week. Uh, so another 25 basis points, taking us up to 3.1% on the cash rate. But both the Reserve Bank and, and ourselves uh, are thinking that we actually are nearing a peak on the inflation rate. So that December quarter number uh, we get in January should be the peak in the annual inflation rate. We think by the end of next year, uh, the annual inflation rate will be around about 3.5%, and then back inside the 2 to 3% target range uh, in 2024. So our view is that the Reserve Bank's monetary policy tightening is pretty close to an end. How does the inflation story in Australia compare with that globally? Because we have started to see inflation, well, the official numbers from the US, for example, also start to ease. Yes, that's right. So the most recent number in the US has got an inflation rate at 7.7%. And that, that peaked at a little bit above nine, uh, so very high there. But inflation in the UK is peaking, um, well, it currently is around 11%, so much higher than here in Australia, because uh, energy costs really a big problem there in the UK. Um, you know, our friends over in New Zealand also have an inflation rate of just on 7.2%, so very similar uh, to ours. Stephen Helmarek there, the, C- uh, the Chief Economist at the Commonwealth Bank. Now, the Australian share market rose following those numbers from the Bureau up 0.4% on the 207,284. For more, I spoke earlier with Luke Laredev from Seneca Financial Solutions. It was a significant news of the day, Ricardo. Uh, inflation came in at 6.9% annualised. That was below the market's expectations of 7.6%. Um, on the back of the news, the ASX rallied 40 points uh, and the 10-year bond fell 10 basis points. So all in all, good news from the market's perspective. Uh, all up in terms of the gains in the share market, where did they come from? I think today has been driven sort of by two kind of news points. I suppose the China uh, sort of reopening stories driven the resources sector. That's been the, sort of the best performing corner of the market today, actually led by the, the lithium sector, mineral resources, the best name there, sort of plus 5% for the day. Property sector also performing well on the back of the inflation sort of interest rate potential story. Uh, Charter Hall and Goodman Group both up almost 2%. Okay, let's break down one of those in particular, China. That's one of the key macro themes. How is the developing COVID situation there impacting markets? Yeah, I think the market's kind of hanging on every single sort of speech and statement that comes out of the Chinese government with respect to lockdowns at the moment. Uh, Chinese markets were up about 6% last night, which is obviously a positive sort of for global sentiment. But I think uh, looking forward, you know, it's going to be difficult to predict how, the, how they're going to react and how different parts of the Chinese, uh, I suppose, map are going to reopen. Um, from the from global perspective, though, we are sort of in a weak global growth environment um, and China restarting, picking up, picking up activity uh, is going to be a positive thing. And just finally, this is likely to be the last time I speak to you um, this year. So um, as we head into 2023, I'm keen to know what you think the key investment themes are for next year and the opportunities. Yeah, I think it's going to be still around inflation and, and central banks, and that's going to be the critical story. I think the difference is, you know, in the past, it's um, been quite blunt and straightforward. You know, rates are going up. When are they going up? I think now it's more a case of a bit of a nuanced conversation around, you know, what are the rates of change we're talking about here? 
uh, you know, when, when are we going to start slowing down, if we slow down for how long, and also how much uh, these higher rates and higher inflation, um, I suppose, period results in, in a recession and, and how long and protracted and deep that recession is. Um, in the second half, I think it's going to be probably a little bit more positive, uh, more skewed towards a conversation around the cyclical recovery, what businesses have used the last 12 to 18 months to get their costs down um, and, and also to gain market share, which, you know, could stand them in pretty good stead uh, for the sort of next two or three years. Um, and I think that medium term growth outlook is pretty reasonable. Um, and certainly there are businesses at the moment that are looking to, to make acquisitions and, and gain, um, I suppose, gain an advantage over their competitors. And I think those businesses are going to be where the opportunities lie for investors. Luke Lorative there from Seneca Financial Solutions. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision.